0: Lock Talk Radio
1: interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show.
0: Hey,
2: everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I'm so excited to bring on our guest shortly tonight, which is going to be the amazingly hilarious and well-renowned comedian, Steve Middleman. So he's going to be calling in in a couple of minutes, but um, I would like to introduce everyone to the show before I bring him on. So if you're a new guest and you're tuning in for the first time tonight, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com or you can also call in tonight at 805-243-1320 if you would like to ask Steve any questions. I also put all the information up in the chat room, including Steve's website, uh, the call-in number for the station, and information on how to create an account. So as I mentioned, I'm really excited tonight. I'm a big fan of comedy, and I'm going to introduce him in a moment. If you're also new to the show for the first time tonight, I also like to give people a little bit of background Um, on myself and the concept of my show and the reasons for launching it. I developed the show back in April-ish of uh, 2011, And I really wanted to create a forum that I could bring people on in the entertainment industry that are doing various things. It could be musicians, comedians, entrepreneurs. Um, The concept was to really help people just get their names out there and uh, spread their products to the masses. So that was really the goal of this show. Um, It's really my pleasure to support people and just I really enjoy interviewing people. So that's one of the reasons why I started the show. Um, A little bit of background on myself. I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and uh, again, one of the things I enjoy doing in my profession is interviewing people. And I also have a background in the entertainment industry, uh, not nearly as renowned as uh, Steve Middleman tonight, who has been doing this for a really long time, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty not only about his life, but just what it's like to be in the business for as long as he has been, especially with a lot of the changes that have come along, um, from my understanding, just with the entertainment industry in general, since the uh, launch of the websites and social media sites and all that type of stuff. So um, my background particularly is as a singer-songwriter. I have an album as a solo artist, and that's available by searching Carrie Edelman on iTunes or any of the major digital sites. Um, I also do some writing for magazines where I combine my psychology background along with um, advertising and marketing concepts. I'm really interested in that type of stuff with uh, the entertainment and uh, media. And uh, then I created this uh, radio show, which, again, was really meant to help my guests get their names out there. Um, And the other thing, too, is that I personally know how difficult it can be, especially if someone's new and starting out in the industry, so I can really empathize and appreciate the hard work that people put into their careers. Okay, so let me tell you also a couple of things to keep in mind. Um, I do like my guests to feel that they can be real and down-to-earth and open and honest but I just kindly request that if you're going to talk about any uh, specific uh, persons or organizations that you just keep any identifying information anonymous, as uh, I do want to hear some entertaining stories, but I don't want the show to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. And the other thing I say to please keep in mind is that although I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is not meant by any means to be providing any type of formal therapy or a treatment on the air I'm um, more than happy to answer any types of questions that people had in more of a broad or generic framework, um, and I'm sure Steve can comment on the entertainment industry being just, you know, really interesting in and of itself with people doing crazy things and people having a lot of uh, issues, because <laughs> I've encountered my own, um, but again, I don't want this, this show to be like a Dr. Phil show. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm not a pop psychologist, um, you know, no, uh, <laughs> nothing against that, but... Okay, so let me tell you about Steve, and then we'll bring him on the air. In terms of how I got in touch with Steve, I'd like to give a plug to Paul Lander, who um, has been referring me some just amazing guests, uh, especially in the comedy realm. So I just want to give him a plug, and he is the consultant and producer for Sirius XM's feature uh, show called Hey, Get Off My Lawn. And that's a comedy show that is on uh, XM Radio, so everyone needs to check it out. So a little bit about Steve, and people can, again, check him out at SteveMiddleman.com, and his last name is spelled M-I-T-T-L-E-M-A-N. So Steve started doing uh, comedy, stand-up comedy, in the 1980s, and he has kept audiences laughing ever since. Uh, Steve has appeared on almost every show out there over the years, which have included shows such as um, both Johnny Carson and Jay Leno on The Tonight Show, The weight Show with David Letterman, Showtime Laugh-Off Special, um, and HBO. He's also uh, been on a roster with so many renowned persons that he has worked with in the industry, including Seinfeld, Ray Romano, Drew Carey, Ellen Roseanne, and the list goes on and on. He also has been seen in movies, sitcoms, and he can be found doing comedy for large audiences on college campuses, cruise ships, corporate events, and much more. Again, visit stevemiddleman.com for upcoming events or if you want to uh, book him for one of your own events. And we're also going to check out some of his comedy bits tonight, which I have uploaded to the station. All right. So now that I've given people an earful, let's uh, bring Steve on. Hey, Steve. How are you?
3: I'm good, boy. I don't know if you need me after all that. You sounded great, <laughs> and he gave you such a nice plug. It's like, uh, thank you. Good night. So,
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> well, you good. know what?
2: I, I I thank you for saying that because a lot of comedians, not just comedians, but usually the, com- the comedians are the ones who always comment and say, "I'm not sure what else I can say about myself." You've you've kind of uh, put it in a nutshell, and thank you so much for making me out to be even bigger than I am.
3: <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I'm I'm flattered. So, uh, you know. Well, Well, I'm really really excited to have you on. Well, thank you very much. uh, Where in Jersey are you?
0: Um, I
2: mean, I'll I'll send you an email. I'm in kind of the central Jersey area. I don't want (laughs) to kind of give out my exact location over the air, but um, central Jersey.
3: Were you happy about the Giants? That's where I was going.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Again, I'm not a huge football fan, but it was – I did watch the game. It was an exciting game, and I'm, I'm very happy that they were,
3: you know, able to win it. But, again, I'm not a huge, uh, crazy fan.
2: <laughs> what about you? Yeah,
3: I, I was so thrilled. I was – I had nine – my son and nine friends here watching the game, and, you know, we're in okay. L.A. And- And just everybody was rooting for the Giants, not just ex-New Yorkers, but they were all rooting for the Giants, so uh, we were just thrilled, so there you go. Very cool,
2: very cool, that's awesome. So I'm not even sure where to begin with you, I've been doing a lot of research and reading up on you, and you're just fascinating, and I'm hoping that you can make your way to Jersey sometime, you better let me know if you ever come down this way, because I love, you know, hearing all of your stuff and watching all the YouTube stuff, but I definitely have to get a, a live experience with you.
3: <laughs> thank, thank you very much. Uh, well, the last time I was in Jersey, yeah, I did Catch in Princeton, Catch Rising Star. And then
0: oh, cool. That was,
3: that was not this past, but the Thanksgiving before, uh, you know, of uh, 2010. So uh, that was fun. I, I worked with my friend John DeBellis, who's a brilliant comedy writer and uh, okay Stand up now and then But he, he lives uh, he's in, He was in Dumont I don't know where Actually he's somewhere in Jersey still <laughs> Okay uh, Cool But uh, Yeah I, mean, I can't remember the last time I, But I do New York I go to New York a lot And I Normally do corporate events And sometimes Jewish gigs and that, I'm in New York Could be in New York Half a dozen times a year But a lot of them are private gigs which Right is what I love. Right I love and, it's, and we'll definitely
0: get
2: more into that, but is that a lot of your career is is focused more on these really large, like you said, corporate events. That, you know, I bet you do colleges, you do cruise ships. Is that really
3: like a big focus of your career? Well, right now, uh, mainly corporate events. I'm doing one next week for Century 21 in San Francisco. Nice. And, uh, relocation directors, <laughs> just to get more specific and this is a, uh, under a small world. Uh, my girlfriend used to be a relocation director for years, and we had dinner with uh, a friend of hers and her husband. And uh, you know, then a few months later, I got a uh, just coincidentally somebody from that company emailed me about, hey, you want to do this thing in in February and. Uh, and uh, you know my girlfriend's uh, friend uh, is going to be there so it's a big small world and, uh, you very know, cool yeah just nice. and that's what I'm doing I'm just mainly corporate I did from something for United Healthcare recently and uh, you know I'm yeah, I'm uh, doing one for uh, a place called Put- multi-financial next month in in Napa which is really going to be nice and so you know I mean they just they're That's very cool. good gigs. They're good gigs, put it that way. And they're, you know, they're so, it's a sober crowd, you know, right. pretty much, you know, they're smart, <laughs>
0: right.
3: smart, corporate, smart, you know. Yeah.
0: Right,
3: right.
2: Just a real quick question. You're not on speakerphone, are you? Uh, Well, I'll get it, off
0: it, it just phone. sounds like there's a little
3: delay
2: or feedback.
3: Oh, you know what? Actually, you know, be- yeah, I'm getting a uh, Oh. okay. I've been getting a uh, kind of a gurgly sound on my end, so I don't know. Maybe it's better now. Yeah. Let me, uh, you know. Something, That's, something yeah, better. that sounds
0: a little
2: better. Yeah, oh, there, you go. Okay.
0: <laughs> there you Yeah, go. that sounds
2: better. Yeah, it sounds like you were in like a
3: a hall or something. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: I'm, no, so, I'm um, very. Uh, I'm kind of like ultra conservative with the uh, radiation or whatever comes out of a phone. So I, I'm I'm used to being on the speaker, you know.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so yeah, if you could be, try to not be on the speaker, that would be great, because in terms sure. of the recording for the show and stuff, that would be awesome. Yeah, better. So, I'll, um,
0: I'll
2: do that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, I mean, that's really interesting, and I guess we might as well talk a little bit about it now while we're on the topic, but that seems like a really great niche that you found for yourself in terms of doing these large corporate gigs, because um, my understanding with the way – just the entertainment industry is in general today. Things have changed so dramatically. Um, I don't know what your impression is of you know comedy clubs being as big as they used to be like years ago. But you know, I know a lot. A lot of them have been closing down, and people sometimes have difficulties you know finding clubs where they can make a decent living. Um, so I well, can imagine all yeah, these corporate gigs. That. Yeah.
3: Well, I I did. Uh, I, maybe I might do a, one club a year. I did the the improv in Vegas Christmas week. (laughs) That was it uh, for for 2011. Other than that, corporate gigs, Jewish gigs. uh, Wow. I I love doing them. I have a completely different show for Jewish audiences. uh, (laughs) But, you know, you can't do that for, uh, you just can't do that in 90% of those jokes elsewhere. So I I do a lot of temples, you know, Jewish events and, Weddings, bar mitzvahs, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, you know, right. I, I do ever I do everything. So, uh, you know, I, I sort of like played all fields that way, you know, the Jewish and corporate, so. Cool. But I, I, I still cool. love it. I mean, I'm doing this 30, 35 years now. Wow. So, yeah, I still love it. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, being a psych- psychologist, right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: actually my son, who's just 15 now, and he's just, he may want to be a psychologist, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not <laughs> okay. sure where that comes from, but uh, good for him. And uh, Is there I, anyone in your I, family that's
2: in the mental health field?
3: No, but there's a lot of candidates. For
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
3: I'm sure. I, 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 here's a joke. I mean, I kind of, because we've been talking about it, I, I, I'll tell you a joke, but it, it'll Give it away, as we've been already talking about it. But here's a joke I okay. love doing. It. Uh, you know. So I'm I'm with a friend of mine, uh, and um, we're just talking, and all of a sudden he snaps. He goes, "Every time I'm with you, it's always about you, 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 you. Everything's always <laughs> about you." I said, "Hey, you're my therapist."
0: <laughs> so.
3: Anyway, so we gave, uh, and then here's one of my Jewish jokes. Most Jewish parents raise a kid to be a doctor. And mine raised me to be, to be a patient. <laughs> right,
2: right.
3: <laughs> and I read I, that. I, I read that in
2: your bio. Oh,
3: is that in there? I oh, did. oh good. Uh Yeah, I was, uh, the, I was looking at that before. I forgot. Yeah. So uh, the reason I mention this is, I, I definitely got into comedy for to get that hug from the audience. I really okay. was the classic <clears throat> comedian who needed the love, you know, from the crowd. And uh and I was I happened to be funny and I had like a funny bone and you know, something in my operating system said, Yeah, you should be doing comedy. Um and I loved I love radio and that's what I studied in school mainly. Uh but okay. I I Say you know when I decided no I don't want to do that as a career I want to go into comedy and that's that was it and then I never even finished school I just dove right into stand up and it's remarkably addicting remarkably wow
2: addicting. just to just to digress for a minute because I think you made and I don't want to play psychologist but I want to make it interesting about no pun intended about you but that's a really interesting comment you made when you said you know I got involved in comedy because basically from the love and the attention that you were getting from the audience, was there something in your own personal life that you felt, you know, maybe as a kid or that was lacking and that that audience yeah. was, you know, giving you that?
3: Well, I, I I have no recollection in my childhood of ever being hugged. Not once. Really? Yeah. So I, wow. Uh, when I... Uh, my friend Billy Reback and I, he's a comedy writer and he was a comedian way back when. We we got a couple of writing gigs, like really right out of the gate. I was I was writing for Gabe Kaplan. He and I were writing for Gabe Kaplan, who was a, a superstar at the time. Because he was, you know, Mr. Cotter from Welcome Back, Cotter. and um, Wow. And then we wrote a comedy album for David Fry. And then, well, he stayed out here and... I went back to New York. Uh, we were mm-hmm. out here writing for a few months. And um, I forget the uh, why I was tying it in with... Uh, oh, so when I well, got we were back talking to about, New York...
2: You said about getting got, a hug
3: and... Right. I remember. I remember. So when I got okay. back to New York, <laughs> uh, it seemed like all the dues I had paid for that kind of first year of comedy... Uh mm-hmm. hanging out in the clubs, really, and catching and the improv, and so I would come back, and, I, you know, I was kind of working my way up, you know, instead of going on at 2 a.m., I was going on at one thirty, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I wasn't getting on stage, and all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I started getting these panic attacks,
0: <laughs>
3: and um, I, uh, a friend of mine said, I'm going to this therapist. He's seen some comedians, and I think he's great, and uh uh so uh you know, I went to see this guy uh Alan Lefkowitz. he since has had like a hundred to two hundred comedians at least in this practice over the years. Wow, so he's, a, he's on the upper west side, and so anyway, but uh he, at the end of the first session, he hugged me you know goodbye or or you know good for you for starting or whatever, and uh you know i I broke down because it reminded me of I, I did I never acknowledged like the lack of connection. We were like Jewish wasps, you know. There was like there was no right. affection, there was nothing I don't remember any encouragement. I remember, you know, getting a kiss, I can't say never, but I mean used to get a kiss goodbye when I was going to school from my dad, which was kinda weird. But uh you know, I can't <laughs> say <laughs> I can't say it was nothing, but it was not. Uh, you know what I mean. It was not. It just yeah, wasn't out no, there.
0: Yeah. I know.
3: I can. I'm not going to talk my own personal life, but I'd love to talk
2: to you off the air. But I can really, I can see a lot of what you're saying, and with everything I've done in my life personally, everything's been on my own, um, and it's interesting. I, I can see what you're saying in terms of not getting that either that empathy or. I guess support is all relative in terms of, you know, how people look at it, but that's, wow. So the audience, uh, as you yeah. said, was really what was giving you whatever was
3: lacking. Well, yeah, and my sister, I'm very close to my sister, she has a very different memory, but she was <laughs> uh, she was much older, uh,
0: okay.
3: and, uh, and being the first child and the daughter, and, you know, she might have been treated differently, and I was a... Third child, usually the youngest is kind of spoiled too, but she was right. basically when I was nine, she was already out of the house, and then my you know my my brother learned how to work my parents <laughs> and <laughs> right. uh you know he knew how to you know kind of avoided them I mean I avoided them too uh the best I could, but once he was out of the house and I, then it was my parents and I, and uh, it was not. It wasn't good. I used to. I used to say, "You remember the Waltons? We used to be the. we the anti-Waltons."
2: And why did you avoid them? If you
3: don't mind me asking, was it just because
2: were they were oh, they tough on you at all? Were they? Yeah, did they yeah have no,
3: they were. They, my dad was. My dad was a. My dad was a rageaholic, workaholic. My mom was. Okay. The homemaker, shopaholic. And you know they were they worked very hard. I mean, I give them a lot of credit. They provided, mm-hmm. you know. So I, and that's not all one thing or the other. I think right. they might. My, my dad. See, I had the um, ad, advantage of uh, working on myself. My dad had a really tough uh, upbringing. With uh, both their both parents of mine had tough parents. And mm-hmm. and the they were crippled by the depression. Uh, my mother's dad lost a fortune in the depression, so that changed. They both came from pretty big families, but they were. I remember once saying to my mom, "I said, well, why aren't, why aren't you more supportive and you know uh, encouraging and and you know why are you so tough?" She said, "Well, that's how my parents were." I mean, she just dismissed it right. like in one second. Uh, so. Mm. You know, I remember when my father had passed and we went down, I went down to visit my mom in Florida and my mom liked, uh, bowling. So I, I, I I hadn't bowled in forever and, uh, I went and we, you know, the end of the first game, I bowled with, you know, a turkey, which was three in a row you know like so okay. i i struck out in the uh 10th frame like three straight strikes which is like a miracle because it's you know when you're never <laughs> when you never bowl you know it's like yeah, a big not a know, big fan you
0: know,
3: okay okay so and then the next game i opened up with like four straight strikes so like seven inter- it's like a miracle you know when you never okay. bowl and it's never happened before it never happened again to me right So, like, seven in a row is, like, amazing. And my mom (laughs) never said a word like, oh, good for you. Oh, isn't that amazing? It was like, but it was very reminiscent of my shot, And it was like, there was nothing, either she was so competitive and I never knew it, but but she, uh, I sort of, when I started really getting into therapy, uh I would tell them I love you. I would when I go visit them in Florida, I would hug them and they started catching on. Okay. So uh I mean so good for them, you know? Good for them and uh you know, I had to sort of be the uh the leader of that.
0: Right. You, know? you had to take initiative
2: and, but, and kind of model uh, for them what you were right trying to set an example for.
3: Yeah, mhm. Yeah, but the the interesting thing is I I had done this work on myself, and by no means am I a perfect piece of art here. But right. uh, the uh, but after about I don't know maybe ten years in comedy, um, I sort I had or maybe more like twelve years in the comedy. Uh, I I was like, well, I don't need the laughs anymore. I didn't need the hugs from the audience. It was very um, Kind of challenging to me. Uh, like, uh, why am I doing this? I had to end up. I kind of re. I reexamined. I went to a um, a, a job counselor. <laughs> Took all these tests. Okay. What am I? What am I trained for? And I. I went through this kind of really long. Um. Uh. What,
1: Midlife kind of self-evaluation
3: career. thing, career. Well, yeah, but a mid, kind of a midlife career crisis. You know, uh, what am I doing? Am I do I really want to do this anymore? And I came to the conclusion that I love writing. I love being creative, and uh, it was just something that I I was very happy to continue doing once I resolved it in myself. What, well, why am I doing this? You know, now I I've been at peace about this for a very long time, but.
0: For a while, I went through a
3: really long kind of uh, uh, questioning period.
2: Do you think maybe that had, Steve, to do with it was such a challenge for you? Did you go through that period when you kind of, you know, reached that pinnacle where you were doing so well and you were making a name for yourself? And was that around the time that you started to question stuff?
0: Well, uh,
3: you know something? I, I had this goal of doing The Tonight Show, and I... Uh huh. Yeah, tell us a little bit have, about that. Cause it, let's try to pull in some of the
2: amazing things that you've done with your your life story too. So yeah, pull some of that stuff in.
3: Well, sure. I I probably did. I bet I probably did about a, a hundred TV appearances, which are r- really great. I've had visibility, wow. and you know, it's really mm, very fortunate. Uh, but I did the Tonight Show a few times. But the first time, it was a bitch to get on that show for me. And I would basically, I would just kill. I mean, I was a really great club act, and I, mm-hmm. I changed too. I was a real character when I started. I, you know, I was, I was, you know, like twenty years old, nineteen years old. You know, you know, a uh, baby fat, and you know, like a uh, very innocent to the world, and mm-hmm. uh, you know. So what what happened was. I I would audition for the Tonight Show and basically I most of the time I do great and then Jim McCauley who booked the Tonight Show would go, I don't think you're Johnny's kind of comedian. And then I travel the country and I do these comedy clubs, you know, maybe twenty, thirty weeks a year and you know, people they would say this is how they'd ask you, they'd do they'd go, Did you do Johnny? Did you do Johnny? And I, right. I, I go, no, and I, I go, no, and they go, oh, you're Johnny's kind of comedian. And then I audition for The Tonight Show, and you go, I don't think you're Johnny's kind of comedian. Then I'd be like, out there, they go, you're Johnny's kind of comedian. No, oh, I don't think you're, you know, back and forth, like,
1: wow. at least
3: like eight times. And finally, I got The Tonight Show, uh, I think it was like 1988 or something, like right, you know, a year or two before he's wrapped up. and. Uh, okay. So finally I got to tonight's show and I did the chin material and I just killed. And right. And then, you know, like a proud parent, uh, Jim McCauley goes, oh, you got to meet Johnny. You got to meet Johnny. So I, you know, I'm backstage and he knows where Johnny walks to go to his dressing room and he goes, ah, Johnny, this is Steve Middleman, Johnny Carson. And Johnny shakes my hand, looks me in the eye and goes, you are my kind of comedian. Ah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> So it was like a great payoff to all that uh I don't think you're Johnny Scott kind of comedian. And then I just you know, I just looked at Macaulay and smiled. I said, See I told you, I knew I was Johnny's got <laughs> yeah.
2: See, all that persistence paid off, you know?
3: Well yeah, well uh, well that's uh, when when I'm sorta of answering a question and, and a very long backstory <laughs> about, you know, did you know once I had the goal of doing the tonight show, what were my other goals? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it's kind of a, a tricky uh it's tricky for me to figure that out. You know, I don't I and uh you gotta have a path and I, I still can't tell you you know, my goals are I enjoy working, uh and and doing stand up. <laughs> Those are my goals. I don't you know, they're not that deep. I wanna make a good living and I wanna make people laugh. I wanna keep writing. Um you know, I pitch things now and then out there, a game show here, a reality show there, you know, I work okay. on a script. Um, I'm working on a you know, on a weight loss talk and a weight loss book, believe it or oh, not. Cool. Okay. Uh so uh and tying it in with stand up. Uh and the gist of it is you gotta lighten up about lightening up, otherwise you'll never lighten up. <laughs> okay. So that's the tie-in.
2: When uh, you plan on releasing this book, I, are you in the process of
0: writing it, or where are you at with well, the?
3: Well, yeah, I basically I have to just I have I have to get an editor uh, mm-hmm. and just edit the book. You know, I've over I've over I've probably written three books. Uh, wow. So, you know, yeah, I've written an awful lot, and, uh, and I have stuff that I'm passionate about. That's not just stand-up, but you know, it's. It's kind of nice to, you know, to do more than just stand-up. I think with all the people that I've made laugh over the years that, you know, mm-hmm. there's kind of like, it's a nice addition to somebody's life, but if if you're going to impart something that's going to maybe help change their life and their health and, uh, you right. know, it, it's nice to have a different impact on somebody. You, you must have some gratification and. From what you do, you know, and what Yeah, the oh, and I work do? I work in corrections, so I do a lot of forensic stuff. Yeah, oh my god.
2: Wow. Oh yeah, we'll we'll talk off the air. You'll you'll die when you hear what I do. <laughs> wow.
0: And then I'm in the entertainment wow.
2: industry and Steve, I joke around, I say I pick two of the hardest, you know, possible again, the entertainment stuff I do right now is more for fun because I enjoy it. I recognize the realities, I'm not gonna be a huge science band right now and that's okay. And I, I can deal with that, but my daytime job, yeah, I work in a maximum security correctional setting. I'm a director. It's it's crazy
3: what I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean,
0: so that's you know.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'll I'll talk more with you. You
2: know, off the air, but um, but yeah, I do everything from psychological evaluations. Um, I manage uh, an inpatient psychiatric unit of over a hundred um inmates. Um, work with staff. I supervise people. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I kind, of, kind of have, like, 15 balls in the air at once all the time.
3: Wow. Well, yeah. good for you. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> sounds stimu- it's stimulating. I mean, I had, per- when I was a little kid, I thought, boy, I'd love to be a criminologist. And I didn't even know what a criminologist was, but it sounded, you know, like something like that, you know. Uh,
0: right. We watch
3: right. – uh, We're. We watch. Uh, you ever watch Dateline and Forty Eight Hour Mysteries, or is that too Oh yeah, close I love that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah,
3: my girlfriend. I never really watched it, but we watch a lot of it. You, you know, you're in trouble if you if you're marrying a doctor. <laughs> basically, from these shows, if you marry a doctor and marriage isn't going well, it's not <laughs> get out and get out and leave town. It's, according to these shows, you know, even ahead, after the at the end of these shows you can't tell even if they say oh this person's convicted and this person's in jail you still can't tell if they're guilty or not you know it's right. they're so they're so well done they really keep you on the fence about this i think
0: that's a, that's a
2: funny uh but that's a funny analogy you made and
3: and well ironically a
2: generalization had from, from these shows for whatever reason is true right these these doctor
3: situations and
2: the wife goes yeah. missing overboard on the boat and they just got married <laughs>
3: Yeah, I know. There's, there's so many of those at doctors and, you know. That's funny. Anyway,
1: yeah. So let's
2: do this. Let's take a quick break so we can let the audience uh, listen to some of your comedy. And, uh, yeah, then I definitely want to come back and talk about, I, I'm really interested in hearing more about some of the stuff that you're, you know, pitching or writing. I think that's really neat and uh, some of the other interests that you have. All right?
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay.
2: So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to do a quick um, advertisement for a recording studio, and then we'll go into one of your comedy bits.
3: Okay, and I can put the phone down for a minute, and I'll be right back, too. Okay? Okay. All right,
2: I'll put you on
0: hold.
2: Sounds good? Thanks. Thanks. Sounds good. All right, everyone. You are, again, listening to the renowned comedian Steve Middleman. Check him out at stevemiddleman.com. We are going to check out an advertisement right now from Zero by One Sound Studios. It's an awesome recording studio that is located in uh, the south part of New Jersey. So let's check this out, and then we're going to go straight into a comedy bit. We're going to check out uh, Steve Middleman's, his infamous, I like to say, The Chin, because that's how it starts out. It's hysterical. So we'll be back in a moment. Zero by One Sound, South Jersey's premier recording and audio production studio, featuring award-winning engineers, state-of-the-art gear, and spacious tracking rooms. Zero by One Sound offers musicians of any genre an exciting and professional recording environment. Call us now at 856-396-7672 to discuss your project and take a tour of the studio or visit us on the web at 0x1sound.com.
4: I guess by now you may have noticed I have no chin. (laughs) I just thought we'd get that out of the way. Actually, I prefer chin challenge. Granted, I have a weak chin, but of a very powerful nose. <laughs> and the ears of a warrior. I have no idea what that means. You know the worst thing about having a weak chin? It takes me three to four hours to change a pillowcase.
1: <laughs> You're really
4: pissing me off. Actually, I'm a little jealous as I look around the room notice some of you have two or three chins.
1: <laughs> I grew a
4: beard once. Looked like a fur tongue.
1: <laughs>
4: I looked like I was a beard who had no chin. used to play the violin I'd just shove it in my mouth. I tried committing suicide once. The news kept slipping off my face. I was hanging by my nose. I still had breathing room. I breathed better than I did normally. My father has no chin and he's really bald. He looks like Mr. Potato Head. I've got a lot to look forward to. So I went to computer dating. They showed me. Up. The girl had no neck. I gave her a locket. She put it on her forehead. <laughs> it's an embarrassing day, both wearing turtlenecks We couldn't see each other. It looked like Bazooka Joe. We went to this party, you know the game we have to pass the apples. I'd rather pass the kidney stone. So I slid next to the couch and said, Hey baby, want a neck? I said, sure, want a chin?
1: <laughs>
4: then she mentioned marriage. So we'll get married and give birth to a no head. She said, we want less pillowcase for you to deal with. So said, that's very funny, Miss Head and Shoulders.
1: You guys dealing with
4: the checks at all a little bit? A little bit.
2: All
0: right, everyone,
1: again, that is
2: Steve Middleman and uh, his infamous bit about having no chin, which is just hysterical. Please check out his CD. You can purchase it online by going to stevemiddleman.com as well as see um, him at upcoming events, or you can hire him for your own event. And let's bring him back on.
3: Howdy. That was fun. I haven't heard that in a (laughs) long time. That, That guy's funny
2: i love that when i that was i think the first one i hit and i just when you said when you started out and you said they i forget what you, what you even said the first statement you say about how you have no chin and then you're like okay let's get that out of the way i just was dying laughing
3: well i, I had thought it was
2: hysterical
3: i had a really weak chin but I, I have a chin now because i had a makeover on extreme makeover you know that you
2: know, I read that briefly, but I didn't, you know, I was reading so much about you. Oh, my, well, tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, um, like six years ago, okay. I, uh, you know, Extreme Makeover was like a really, actually, it was not like I the third it. season. It was a really popular show, and uh, and they wanted a comedian, and then they put it out to, um uh, uh, some agents and this agent emails me and he goes, Oh, this is, uh, what does it say about you? When uh, somebody goes, Hey, I, I think this is a good fit for you. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I thought it over. I thought the people were kind of brave that did the show. And, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I, I went for it, you know? So, uh,
0: and if you don't mind uh, you me asking,
2: cause, and I'm probably I probably even saw it because I did I remember I did used to watch that. What specifically did you have done? If you don't mind talking a tiny uh, bit about
3: it. Uh, well, I had everything done. I had uh, a nose. I have my nose trimmed from orthodox to conservative. Okay. <laughs> As a Jewish joke. Uh, I know. <laughs> I had I had uh, my. Uh, I had my teeth done, uh, wow. like nine nine Da Vinci veneers. Uh, okay. I had I had, uh, I, you know, it's funny. This is how people hand you jokes. I had they're like three thousand plus a piece. These Da Vinci veneers. Okay. And as I'm as I'm leaving the the dentist's office, he looks me out. He goes, "Just try not to chew with them." <laughs> so. <laughs> so uh well simply wow. uh what was the, i you know, mean what
0: was the
2: recovery every, process like in terms of going through that
3: well i uh I was pretty lucky uh you know the people that had the toughest time uh uh-huh. had the uh from what I heard, and you're going through the process with like you know ten other people uh, in right. like everybody's at different stages of their uh, you know process their makeover uh but uh the people that had uh, lipo, they. I hear it's a lot better now. They've improved it, but um, right. Yeah, that. But they, it took. Uh, it wasn't too bad. The first couple of days, you feel like you were in a heavyweight fight, and uh, right. I tend to. <laughs> I tend to try and do natural stuff. So yeah. I had I drank. I had a girlfriend at the time who was a naturopathic nurse, and she just swore to me, "You've got to have a lot of berry juices and." You know the antioxidants and it's very right. quick, quick healing, and uh, that's that's what I did, and I I think it worked. You know, you go to re- wow. it wasn't done in a hospital; it was done like in a recovery uh, like sector. an outpatient
2: type of thing. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I, I think that's about right. You know, wow.
2: Uh, and what 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 I think what attracted you to it, despite them, you know, well, expressing your your uh, person saying to you that this might be something, you know, you should look into because they're looking for a comedian, what personally attracted well, you to it?
3: I was known for having, you know, this uh, weak, weak chin business, you know, and like all right. this self-deprecating. And I had really, really uh, very self-deprecating material early on. Like, uh, I I'd be introduced, like, uh, I get humongous screams from the audience, but uh it was like kind of after a while, I kind of get tired of like, hey, this doesn't feel like me anymore.
0: Right. Uh, but, uh,
3: but I, uh, it was like I'd walk on stage and I uh, uh, go, I, uh, uh, I, you know, I'd be introduced. Ladies, sit back if you can. Gentlemen, hold on to your dates. This guy's got all the right hormones in all the right places. Uh, and then I walk <laughs> out, and before saying a word, I get screams. Of last from the audience, just I I didn't have to say anything, uh, so um, that's how it was. I mean, I was very, uh, I guess I utilized my uh, my character looks mm-hmm. for a long time, for a long time. But then you know you are it and evolve, and uh, you know I was I got this contact, uh, you know, like get in touch with Extreme Makeover, Lock and comedian, and I was hitting, you know, I was just about to hit fifty, and I went. You know, I'm kinda of, I'm tired of this. It's time to shake it up, you know, and I didn't want to Right you know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, fifty five and saying, Hey, I guess you may have gone to you know, it was like time for me to right. let go of that. I I, right. you know, I evolved. it was part of my evolution and I'm just as funny now, uh, you know, just different kinds of laughs.
2: Right, right. Now that's great. Yeah. I mean that's great that you know, if that's something you wanted to do for yourself to, you know, for self growth and whatever else you were, you know, doing for before, that's amazing.
3: It's really Well, cool. I actually it was uh risky on my part but in a very uh in a good way. You know, it was like very uh I'm glad I did it and uh you know, I took a, it took a little while to uh get get used to uh to get used to it. Uh but right. I did it. You know, uh, but yeah, I got a much bigger. Uh, the lashes still there. You know, no, no, no problem like right, Exactly. Right, right. Yeah.
2: Nice. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, whatever yeah. happened to that show? I don't know whatever happened to it because I did like it. I really enjoyed it I, and seeing the
3: people. I like, yeah. You know, I loved it. I I don't know what I I you know something I like the uh, the home edition took over. Right. So they, right. Uh they uh, said, oh, well, uh, you know, they put all their eggs in that basket, you know. So that, was, that was it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I liked it. It was a good experience. I'd say overall it was a really good experience.
2: That's great. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, I guess, in terms of what's your impression of the way you know, the comedy world is today, just to talk a little bit about, you know, how things might have changed when you first started out versus, you know, where things are today in the entertainment industry with these social media sites and what's your impression of them? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Could you care less about them? Uh,
3: well, you know, I'm I'm just now uh, kind of being more proactive with your, like, friend requests. I mean, I had a a couple of thousand Maybe twenty five hundred friends, and then in the last, you know, two months, I, you know, I've, I'm now at like thirty, about thirty two, thirty three hundred friends, and uh, right.
0: you know, I,
3: I want to, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's certain things I want to launch. There's a thing like a joke book for comedians. Uh, uh, I want to launch. It's called My Joke Book. I mean, I've already launched it actually, but cool. cool. Uh, I've launched it on a very small scale, but I'm going to start opening it up to uh, uh, to uh, you know probably going to do a little blitz on Facebook, which you'll probably see. You
0: know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people so, uh, um, can they
2: purchase it right now? Is it available to be purchased?
3: Um, it's a great question. Not it's no, it's something like. Not yet. The, the gist of it is uh, for comedians to do live. Like, you do a show, and you do well, and then people afterwards, you know, and either people sell their CDs, comedians, or,
1: right. you know,
3: this is something a little different for them to do, so it's kind of nice. Um,
1: okay.
3: And then that's what it is. It's going to be made up of, uh, let's say uh, you're doing stand-up, and uh, you'd be on the cover, Carrie Edelman, and you, it would be like three or four pages of jokes, uh uh, you'd be the first chapter, uh, and uh, you'd be followed by like twenty, about twenty-four other comics, like twenty-five comics, like a hundred-page book. Okay. And uh, you know, it's just it's simple, just like three pages of jokes, and you know, uh, I'm doing it with my friend Mike Vizo who's and uh, he's been in self-publishing for about twenty-five years, and um, so it's uh, we're launching that now. It's called My Joke Very Book. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, so that's one of the projects. But there should be uh, thousands of comics that want to do this. I mean, I I hear or I heard there's like 20,000 comics out there. <laughs> uh, and the, the good the good thing is somebody that is like new to comedy, uh, like uh, hasn't done much, doesn't have a CV, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't have any kind of you know, product or merchandise to sell. But they now, with just three pages of jokes, they don't even have to be their own jokes. They can be like classic jokes, like guy walks into a bar jokes, you know. It doesn't matter. Right, right. You now have a product to sell, and, and you have. You, you might have 10 minutes of, you know, material. You may be just an MC. you know, in with the crowd. It doesn't matter. And all of a sudden, now you have uh, material to sell, which is great. It's a it's really, really cool, yeah.
0: Idea.
3: yeah, so it's a very creative, uh, uh, idea and, uh, you know, it's called My Joke Book Again and, uh, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's really for the comics. I know, where uh, you know, it's nice to plug this for people out there, but if, if somebody out there does want to do it, uh, and, and, uh, has done comedy or is even a comedy writer, um, yeah, they they can get in touch with me, Steve Middleman at AOL dot com. Or go to okay. SteveMiddleman.com dot com and you know contact Steve. And uh, yeah, we can we can hook them up. We'll put them in a book.
2: Yeah, let me you know? we'll talk off the air because I've interviewed a ton of comedians, um, and I'm actually personally good friends with a couple ones in, in this area that are just phenomenal, really good. So okay. yeah, I mean they might be interested. So yeah, maybe we could put something on my page and. If anyone's interested, I'll have the contact for your email. They can get in touch with you. That's a great idea.
3: Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that's really it. cool. Yeah. Absolutely. If Thanks. I can help
2: out, please yeah,
3: let me right. know. Cool. Well, thank you much. Appreciate it. So this is uh – you're actually living out one of my dreams. Is I love, uh, you know, like I said, broadcasting was one of my majors in school. I mean, I never I never finished school. Uh, but where'd I, you
2: look no, like Where did you, you go to school at for it?
3: Well, I started out at, at Baruch in the city uh, for okay. business because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was, you know, not even 18. And and then I, uh, I this sounds scary, but I've told you how my childhood was. And, uh, right. My parents went down to Florida, and I was not happy going to college. Uh, and I couldn't get into the business classes that I needed to get into at Baruch uh for some reason and uh they went down to Florida and while they were in Florida uh I actually signed up for the army <laughs> and uh okay. for a jewish kid from queens to sign up for the army it was completely unheard of but the army had a had a broadcasting school if you remember good morning vietnam you know they I mean they weren't to broadcasting and uh okay. i i uh I somehow knew about that, and, uh, you know, so I signed up for, and then I went down to Florida myself and visited a friend, and uh, my mom, I was talking to her during the, uh, my little trip down there, and she goes, well, you got your registration card from uh, Baruch, and, um, you know, then I decided, well, I'll get my grades up, and I'll transfer upstate, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll look at uh, studying broadcasting at a school. So uh, I didn't have to; it wasn't mandatory. I didn't have to go into the army, but I I got my physical, <laughs> I did all the entrance tests, and I had like a six month wait to get into broadcasting school in in the army. So it was uh, I ended up getting my grades up and transferring. Then I, I went up to uh, uh, Sunny Brockport, okay,
0: uh,
3: which okay. Had a, had a, and then I transferred after three terms there. For two terms, I went to the, uh University of Buffalo, so basically I have three uh, years of my, of schooling and i I'd love to finish actually you know the nice thing about uh, nice. nice thing about um good old uh, uh social media is I reconnected with uh, uh one of my college uh, roommates and he became a professor in the uh, University of Massachusetts, and yeah, we were talking recently. He says, "Yeah, you should finish your degree." And so uh, I'd like to. I'd certainly, I certainly have a lot of life experience. Maybe that will translate into credits. Love to finish school. <laughs> really,
1: yeah. Well,
2: uh, nice, Steve, I mean, you always you always can go back. Like you said, it's
3: you know if that's
2: something you want to do, I'm sure you don't have too much more time to put in anyway because you already have about three years
0: done.
3: That's yeah. really Yeah, cool. I'd love to. Just it would feel really nice to do. I always felt uh, that, you know, with my schedule being so erratic, there was no way to, right. you know, really erratic with what I do. I could have a gig on a Monday, on a Friday, on a Tuesday, on a Sunday, right. you know. A.M., P.M., you know, sometimes you do, you know, I've done comedy, you know, 8.30 in the morning, like a breakfast thing, so.
0: Uh,
2: right.
3: You know, the variety of what I do is so enormous, so many different companies, and uh, but it's, uh, I still love it, like I said, you know, maybe it is just addictive, but I do love it, I do love well, it. Well, that's, and it's that's very good, great. as long
2: as you're you're passionate about it, it's something you you have an extreme talent for, I mean, that's that's amazing, it's just really cool that you're able to make a living doing that, because, you know, I see so many struggling people, and you know again, like I said personally myself, I have my full time job slash career, and then you know the other stuff I'm doing on the side to hopefully continue you know building myself up and and getting involved in some bigger things. but I always have my other thing to fall back yeah. on. whereas a lot of people you know put their eggs in one basket and it's it's rough out there
3: and what, what you know I can, what kind of, yeah what kind of music are you singing?
2: Oh, um, the music, the album I have out right now is a a full-length album. It's all original, very radio-friendly, modern uh, rock music with a hint of pop to it. Uh, Uh So that's what I do musically. But personally, what I've been even getting more interested in is actually writing in terms of, not that I would ever be a comedian, but I just, in terms of my life experiences, the crazy stories I have from the variety of settings I've worked in in psychology, I would love to collaborate with some comedians and potentially just put something really hysterical together. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. something I'm really interested in doing at
3: some point. Well, that sounds neat. Good for you. It's it's sad, but, you know, listen, I think there's, there's unbelievable demand for this, you know, just unbelievable demand. I mean, who does? You know, people are interested in comedy, and they're interested in you know he, he, the reason you know they're looking to comedians is they just can't they can't replicate the, that themselves off stage. It is an escape, right? You know, right? Yeah. I mean, and we're we're all multifaceted. I mean, my dad, I talked about how how he was, but he was remarkably funny, and my family, we all have a, had a great sense of humor, have a great sense of humor, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, that that's the, uh, you know, that's the thing. Thank
0: God. Yeah, Thank well, God I think it's so important
2: humor. in, right, I think it's so important in life in general, and that's something I've been learning is that, you know, I'm very serious about everything I do. I, you know, I put 150% into it, but... You know, sometimes you have to take a step back and look at the situation. No matter how frustrated or stressed out you are, I always find something humorous. There, there's always that, like, silver lining of, and people are like, what? How would you even take that out? And I'm like, but that's how I have to make sense of the situation. And rather than getting well, myself
3: more upset, you know what I mean? Well, uh, well 1 billion percent irony, My, I guess my understanding of irony has helped mm-hmm. me in life remarkably. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that whole that whole thing about lightening up to lighten up, uh, right? Yeah, it's true. You know,
0: if it if is. you take
3: things, if you're too heavy, you're gonna stay heavy. If you if you lighten up about losing weight, you're gonna lighten up. You you have to. Right. You
0: know. Right. Yeah.
3: Definitely. This is, I'm very. Uh, you know, I'm sort of I'm kind of radical in what I believe in for you know weight loss and all that stuff. But and it's been my challenge and lesson in life too. I you know yo-yoed, but not dramatically. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm six foot four, so you know when I gain wow. weight, it doesn't. Uh, people don't uh, they don't see it. You know, I mean they go, oh, you gain weight. And I go, yeah, I gained twenty pounds. Really. So you know, I don't I don't talk about weight loss from sort of like a pedestal,
0: right?
3: Uh, like, oh, this is what you do, and oh, the, you know, I, I'm more like Oprah, like I'm living it with everybody else.
2: Right, and that's a great perspective and way to do it from. That's really good.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm the regular, I'm the regular Joe, but uh, uh, I right. I do think I I think uh, that we've. Uh, We've reinvented the wheel so much. Our, our our society is in a bad place because of that. And I I think the closer we get to uh, nature and and living by nature, the uh, it's I think it's going to be what heals heals a lot of our our issues in the world today. Uh, yes, yeah, so
2: that's that's a good point too. Mm hmm
3: yeah so uh you know i I know I don't sound that funny some of the time, but uh you know it's truly uh you know I kinda it's like my political side comes out, you know
2: gotcha, gotcha, yeah. no, I think I mean, yeah. no, you've done a great job tonight, and I think you know you're very grounded, you're very realistic, and you are historically funny too, <laughs> and oh, I think well, it's the you. moments that, yeah, I think it's the moments that you. You know, you put it out there when when it's the right moment. I think that's a great thing. Yeah, no, thing.
3: I am. I am very much like that. I would, you know, I, it's uh, I, yeah. I pick my spots. Put it that way. Right.
0: But, uh, right.
3: Yeah, I yeah, I've got to learn how to. Uh, my goal is. I mean, I, I rather as much as we're talking about comedy, I'd rather just as much would love to do talks about you know uh, uh, this uh, you know. I have a website. I haven't done a thing with it called Before and Laughter. Okay. And uh, uh, but that is really. I would love to do corporate talks about exactly that. About how to, you know, add that to your life, add humor and, and get healthy. So I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to. Figure, I, I'm in the I'm in the process now, of trying to figure out how to do that. <laughs> uh so uh, uh it's cool uh, well if you ever want to maybe
2: co-host a show with me i'm looking to branch out and do some creative things and i've had different ideas in terms of at some point you know bringing guests on my show where we can co-host something together you know if you have an idea or a topic that you want to potentially talk about with me i'd be more than open to talking to you about it
3: well thank you appreciate that it's very nice yeah Cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah.
2: Thank you. So um yeah, so why don't we start wrapping things up? It's been wow, it's been an hour already. And um Good. I do I do usually do about an hour show. Um and let's see yeah, it talk a little bit about again where people can find you and uh any plugs you want to give.
3: Well, I uh I'm on uh you know, you can you know, YouTube me. I've got probably uh 10 tapes on there and uh Also, uh, if you want to hire me, just go to Steve Middleman, M-I-T-T-L-E-M-A-N, at AOL.com. Steve, M-I-T-T-L-E-M-A-N, at AOL.com. And my my, uh, website is SteveMiddleman.com. And if you just want to get in touch, uh, by all means, love to talk to you and uh, connect. So uh, thank you for this time. I appreciate it a lot.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Steve. No, it was a great interview and very interesting story that you have. And just it's amazing everything that you've accomplished. And I wish you much continued success with all the other stuff you have in the works.
3: Well, well, thank you very much. I've, I've got I've just scratched the surface with you, actually. So I've I've got a lot that I've <laughs> evolved in, involved in, and evolving. Cool. So, well,
2: we'll talk about. Yeah. Like I said, maybe co-hosting the show, or bringing you back on sometime in the later future to uh, let us give us some updates about where you're at.
3: Well, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much,
2: Steve, for tuning in. And Please keep uh, keep in touch. It was great having you on.
3: Oh, thanks much. Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye. Take Bye care, Gary. Steve. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thanks. All right,
2: everyone, again, you just heard Steve Middleman. Please check him out at stevemiddleman.com. And um, he was an amazing guest. If you tuned in late to the show, you'll be able to catch the podcast, which will be available shortly after we go off the air. So next week, it's going to be another amazing show. We are going to have the hard rock bands from Sirius XM Octane Radio named Art of Dying. They're coming on February 14th and that's on a Wednesday. They'll be on at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, and we'll be checking out some of their hit singles which are currently playing called uh, Die Trying and uh, Get Through This. So thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in tonight again to the show. If you'd like to become a guest, you can search The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. I also have two personal pages on Facebook, um, my music page by searching Carrie Edelman, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Carrie Edelman and finally my official website, which is Carrie Edelman.com. We're going to leave off tonight with one of the songs off of my album, Leave It All Behind. And you can find that by searching my name on iTunes or any other major digital sites. Thanks so much everyone for tuning in again. Please feel free to check out all the amazing guests that I've had on. I have so many podcasts now, now available. Sorry, it's been a long day. I'm starting to stumble. Um, So I have over 60 podcasts available, comedians, musicians, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, authors. Please check out all these amazing guests and uh, get to know who they are. Thanks again and looking forward to having everyone tune in next Wednesday, February 15th with the hard rock band Art of Dying at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time.